Well, if you thought Daniel Ricciardo winning at Monza was popular for Formula One, imagine what would have happened if Lando Norris took the checkered flag at Sochi. But alas, the heavens open, and in the end, it was Lewis Hamilton who took home the checkered flag at the Russian Grand Prix. It was his 100th win in Formula One. Now, the race is not one of my favorite events on the calendar. I've said that in the review of the Russian Grand Prix, but this one was far from boring. It might be one of the more memorable races of the season, given the starting grid and how it finished in the rain and where the championship is at the end of the race. And we'll see how it plays out when the title is finally awarded, where the Russian Grand Prix fits in to see how that champion got to be the champion. We're going to review the race. We're going to go over all the teams, but first subscribe to the podcast. If you like what we're doing, leave us a five-star review. It, it tells us that it helps with the growth. So if you leave us a five-star review, if you like what we're doing, it helps. So we really do appreciate it. All right, let's get started. This race really began kind of Saturday in qualifying, if you will, or at least the storylines began on Saturday because it was then that we knew that Max Verstappen was going to take a new power unit. He was going to start at the back of the the grid. Same with Valtteri Bottas, who took yet another power unit change. Charles Leclerc, there was a gearbox change for Antonio Giovinazzi. Um, and so there was uh, some rain coming in qualifying, and there was a soft tire gamble in those wet conditions. George Russell benefited from that. He was third fastest. And you had Lando Norris starting from the pole position, one of the youngest pole sitters in Formula One history. And Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari was starting P2. So already we've got a race where just the front end of the grid is not dominated by two Mercedes and a Red Bull or two Red Bulls and a Mercedes. You've got up at the front a McLaren, a Ferrari, and a Williams. How's that for the start of the grid at the Russian Grand Prix? And this is a Mercedes track. But there were tricky conditions during qualifying. Lewis Hamilton managed a fourth-place start. Remember, he kind of crashed going in into the pit lane. Valtteri Bottas had a seventh-place finish in Q3, but because of the power unit change, he would start in the back of the field. So we had a number of different storylines as to who was starting where and where this race could be going from Saturday in qualifying. Now, it was still believed that Hamilton was going to win this race, but right from the start, Carlos Sainz got a slipstream. He jumped out in front of Norris and was leading the Grand Prix at the first breaking zone. Hamilton, he, he kind of took it a little bit easy at the start and ended up running seventh, but later on he passed uh, Fernando Alonso for sixth. He did that on the second lap of the race. Now, meanwhile, back there was Max Verstappen, and he started to make his way up through the field. He got past Valtteri Bottas, which is critical because Bottas starting back with him could have held him up, you know, could have prevented him from making a charge. But Max was able to get by Bottas. He got by Charles Leclerc. They were all in the back there. So as Verstappen was moving his way through the field, that became one of the stories. All right, where's Hamilton and where is Max Verstappen? Now, Norris finally passes Carlos Sainz on lap 13, and then he would keep on to that lead until he went in for fresh tires. Hamilton and Verstappen, they both come in on lap 27, and at this point, Verstappen's really closed the gap to Hamilton. Now, at the time, Lewis had gotten up to fourth, and Max was fifth, and where Verstappen was in the race would become a big factor as how Mercedes would play this out later. Remember, they needed to finish ahead of him. This was primary because he was starting in the back. They were on a track that they had a tremendous amount of success on, so here was the golden opportunity to get the championship and pad that lead ahead of 
Max Verstappen. Hamilton would get hard tires and Max, who started on hards, would go to mediums. Norris has a 10 second lead over Sergio Perez when he comes in on lap 28. When he comes out of the pits, good pit stop, he comes out seventh behind Charles Leclerc. Now that's a good stop for the team. He still leads Hamilton, who is ninth at this moment, but is moving up. Now, Verstappen had some issues on the medium tire. At one point, he was passed by Fernando Alonso. But most of the attention at this point in the race was now on Lando Norris. McLaren is trying to win back-to-back races. It would be his first win in Formula One, and it was looking like we were going to get a real fight between him and Hamilton over the final seven, eight laps, right? It was down to two. It got down to one. He was on the edge. But then this is when the race started to get really, really interesting. Lap 47, we start seeing that rain was coming. Umbrellas are going up in the stands. The rain sign is flashing on the track. You could start seeing some light spray at various spots. There's a few drops on the television camera. Now it becomes a gamble. Do you stay out on the slicks and hope it's a light rain? Or do you gamble that the rain is coming and coming hard? All of the teams have radar. All of them are showing that rain is coming on, but exactly when and where and Norris could he hold out just those few final laps and take the checkered flag now let's go back to Mercedes because they had the benefit of Valtteri Bottas who was running 14th at the time why because they brought him in when the rain started coming and they knew that the intermediates were working he came in on lap 48 Mercedes had nothing to lose with him and they just wanted to see how the track was going to be progressing with the inters on a few little, little bits of information helped them get Hamilton in a lap later on lap 48 now the gap between the two drivers between Norris and Hamilton at this point is huge But Norris is crawling out there on slicks. And it was only a matter of time before Hamilton was going to catch him. They asked Norris for, do you want to come in for intermediates? And Norris says, no. And finally, on lap 51, Norris, who at this point, you're really, you're watching this. At this point, you're thinking, there is no way this guy is finishing out this race. He is sliding all over the place. He is going slow. And he is not going to make it on a track that's got all these 90-degree turns. He's just not going to make it. And eventually he slid out of the corner. Hamilton took the lead. At this point, the track is drenched. Now, meanwhile, Max Verstappen, who made an early pit stop for inners with a couple of other drivers, he's running up through the field. So Hamilton takes the checkered flag. He wins his 100th Grand Prix and Verstappen limits the damage leaving Sochi because he finishes second. All right. So let's get to the meat of all this, right? What happened to McLaren and how did they get this so wrong? Here's a few reasons of why Lando Norris and the team lost this race. Now, before you say, well, obviously they stayed out on slicks when Lewis went on inters. I got you. But there's a little bit more we want to unpack here. First thing, no one really knew what the rain would do. Now, all the teams have the same radar, but no one really knew if the rain would be intense or would it be light before the checkered flag dropped. And if you pit for intermediates and the rain just sort of becomes a little bit of a light mist, then you've, you've lost out. Now, the drivers, and this is where Norris is kind of critical here, they only know what they see. And Norris thought he could manage the final few laps on the slick tires. Why? Because the rain was really at turn five. 
it was dry in other areas of the track. So Norris figured, all right, look, it may be raining, but I only got a couple of my laps to go. If it can stay like this, I can navigate where it's slippery and get back to the dry stuff, especially knowing Hamilton is pitted behind me. At that moment, when he knew Hamilton was pitting, if he's confident that he can navigate the current track, if it stays the way it is, he's probably thinking he's won the Grand Prix, right? If Hamilton's just going for, for intermediates, then he's probably thinking, well, I got a huge enough gap and I know I'm managing this okay. But he didn't. It started to really rain, really rain. And that's when the decision not to come in for inners really backfired. But the second thing was Mercedes. And because they had the benefit of Botas, who a lap earlier came in for intermediates and they got at least a lap time to tell it where his car was gauging with Norris. And it made it a little easier to bring in Hamilton. They had that benefit. Now, Botas at the time had really nothing to lose because he was running 14th at the time. So if, if he goes on intermediates and it doesn't work, okay, fine. Because staying out there wasn't going to produce a top 10 finish anyway out on the slick tires. But they bring in Botas. He's able to move up the field, they notice that and, and it makes it easier to say to Lewis, hey, it's worse than you think. You know, remember at one point, Lewis Hamilton said it was stopped. It had stopped raining, right? So he wasn't really sure himself and the team had to make the call and made the call. McLaren, they did not really have that luxury and it soon became a win on the slicks or finish off the podium. And that's really it. Mercedes had enough info to make the right decision. And here's the third they really only were concerned about Verstappen. Now, I told you this would come up again. The Russian Grand Prix for Mercedes was not a win-at-all-cost race. Of course, Lewis Hamilton, as a racer, wants to take the checkered flag, and he knew it was going to be his 100th win. We get all that. But remember what the goal really was. Max Verstappen's going to start in the back. We win the race. We can take over the championship lead and get out of a stronghold for us, maximizing the opportunity that's presenting itself. This was about picking up the points to take the championship lead. Max, starting in the back, this became a golden opportunity for them to do that. Now, when the rain starts falling, remember early, just, just before, it starts to get a little bit slicky, right? Norris slides off the track. Now, Hamilton is able to close the gap right behind him, but he didn't make a risky pass. Because, again, if Norris comes back in, right, and, and they collide, it's race over. And then they don't get to leave Sochi with the benefit of the opportunity that presented itself, right? The goal at that point for Hamilton was not really to take the lead on a risky move. He would if it, if it opened up for him. But again, Lando slides and he's kind of jerking the car back onto the track. Hamilton is not ready at that moment to go side by side. And I think that was just a precaution to go, hey, look, I'm not going to get knocked out of this race. I'm fighting for the lead here. I'm not going to get knocked out when my goal is to finish as high as possible because the guy down the, the grid is the championship leader and I could have the championship lead if I leave here. Now, when Max came in for intermediates, Mercedes knew he was going to start moving up the field and fast. This again adds to the easier decision to bring Hamilton in. At this point, what does Mercedes have to lose to bring in Hamilton when, when Hamilton is on slick tires and it's raining? What's what not win the race? Okay. They're fine. They can be fine with that. 
right? If, if Lando can get around the last three laps and win the Grand Prix, God bless him. But if Max is moving up the field on intermediates and he's flying on the wet circuit and we're on slicks, he's going to pass us too. And that's not what Mercedes wanted. That if this got worse, Lewis Hamilton was going to lose this race, not to Lando Norris, but to Max Verstappen. That's what made it a little easier for Mercedes to make this decision. They had somebody else in mind. McLaren only cared about Hamilton. Whereas Hamilton, sure, there's Norris, want to see what they do, but who's behind me and where is he behind me? And that's made it, again, I think a simpler decision to go, come on in, let's get these intermediate on because in the end, we're going to, if we lose this race, fine. But if we lose position to Max, that is, we may not recover for the rest of the year when we go on to other tracks where Red Bull is going to be strong. So again, I told you earlier, where Max was had a big part of where Mercedes was thinking strategically, and it came into play here. Fourth reason why McLaren didn't get the job done is that Norris wanted to win. I know this sounds simple. I get it. But Norris didn't just want to give up what he currently had. He was leading the Grand Prix, and he was holding off Lewis Hamilton. And he knew he had the car that could win the race. He felt that he could hold off Hamilton. But when the rain came, his confidence that he could get around that circuit, he's emphatic. Remember, do you want to come in for inners? No. When he was asked that, that showed he was confident that he could get around that racetrack in three or four laps to get the job done. Right. Why do you want to give up a win here? Why do you want to give up a moment here that doesn't come along very often? We talk about this a lot. Formula Run right now with, with the Mercedes and Red Bull, even though we're seeing a more competitive field coming up and, and kind of showing some pace, these guys, whether it's Esteban Ocon or whether it is Daniel Ricciardo even, or last year, Pierre Gasly or Sergio, they win these races when something's not quite right with the way Red Bull or Mercedes runs their race, either mechanical failure or an accident or whatever. That's when they have the opportunity. And you don't know if you're McLaren, if you're going to get Lando Norris in this position again. And Norris knows that. So he's leading a Grand Prix with three laps to go. If I come in for inners and it's the wrong decision, I won't forgive myself. But at least right now, I'm going to give myself a fighting chance. So again, a simplistic answer of Norris just wanted to win. Yes, but because he didn't want to give up what he had. And what he had was a lead in a Grand Prix with just a handful of laps remaining. But by the time he got on lap 51, that track was soaked and he had no chance. And the fifth one, and this is going to be controversial. So it, again, I know for a lot of you, you kind of are going to be on either side of this. Lack of a clear voice on the team. McLaren, whether it's Andreas Seidel or anybody else, should have told Lando if they really felt the rain was coming and going to come hard, they should have told him, you need to come in or you're going to lose this race. I know you think that you're going to be okay, but you are not going to be okay. We are noticing that guys are coming in on inners and they are flying. So please get in here and let's get those tires on. It's a gamble. And again, if you're Lando and it doesn't pay off, then you have a problem with your team. But if you're the team and you just let Lando, who doesn't know what he knows, again, he's not responsible for the weather radar. He's only telling McLaren what is going on at that particular moment. And they need to tell him, we know what you know, but let us tell you what we know. And what we know is it doesn't look good. We're seeing umbrellas go up. We are really seeing these, these clouds come in. So Lando, we got to get those inners on. 
But again, you throw in all of those combinations, it's a tough decision. This is all hindsight. We do it a lot in sports. In the end, I wouldn't have wanted to make that call if I was Andreas Seidel or anybody else that had to make that call at McLaren. It's a tough call to make. It really is because you could be thwarting uh, the one chance Lando Norris has to be a Grand Prix winner. And, you know, we know what that means. We know how important it is to the sport. Just one Grand Prix win can put you in, in the history books, right? I mean, look, Lewis Hamilton has a hundred of them, but you really only need one to be part of the, the great history of Formula One. All right. So again, Greg, congratulations, Lewis Hamilton on 100. I can't even put my mind around it. It is so many wins. We kind of take it for granted that he wins such a handful of races every year. But when you think about 100, 100 Grand Prix wins in a sport like Formula One, it's incredible. And I know the arguments, save them. I've heard them for years and years and years. He's got the best car. He's got the best car. He's got the best car. Yeah, it's true. That's true. And there's a lot of those wins that came simply because he had the best car. But there were a lot of those wins that he earned because he can drive the wheels off that car. All right, so let's through, run through all the teams and kind of give you a report card of where we stand after uh, after this race. Mercedes, a Hamilton win, of course, and it was a fifth-place finish for Valtteri Bottas, and that was a good haul for the team. Given that Bottas started in the back with a power unit change, you know, Hamilton leads Sochi with a points lead. It's not by much because Verstappen finished second, but the key to this race was their ability to convince Hamilton to come in when Hamilton did not think it was raining. Remember he said, it's not raining, man, but they knew it was coming. Red Bull, this really was like a win for Verstappen to finish second. It really was. I, they'll say it, and that's not hyperbolic. That, that was so true. They pretty much conceded this race to Mercedes, and now they leave with minimal damage and a new power unit for Max Verstappen on circuits they are really strong at. However, their circumstances really played a part in their finish. He didn't look like he was going to be heading into a, like a big finish until the rain came. He was able to take an early chance on the intermediates, and then it paid off when the rain did come and come more. Sergio Perez, who was up by the leader, actually led this race. He did not get so lucky. He did not pit early enough to benefit. He stayed on out on the slicks. He finished ninth. Remember, he had a slow pit stop too. So it was a back and forth day for Sergio Perez and the team. But Christian Horner and those guys have got to feel really, really good of what happened at Sochi because that could have been a bad swing for the championship, but instead it's just small, really small. McLaren, this comes, you know, two weeks after the one-two finish at Monza. This was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. Norris did run a great race until the rain came. He had the pace to overtake signs for the lead. He had a great pit stop early to put him back up front when the first pit stops were complete. Now, would Hamilton have caught him if it was dry? I I'm probably inclined to think so, but I'm not 100% sure. I mean, Daniel Ricciardo did a good job of holding off Lewis Hamilton, and, and Lando had better pace. I think Lando could have defended over those final two laps and get the win. I mean, if push comes to shove and I really had to make a bet, I would have bet that eventually Hamilton would have just found an opportunity to overtake him and take the lead. But I'm not 100% sure on that. Any other driver, I probably would have said, yeah, no, he's just a sitting duck for Mercedes. But not this one. I'm not 100% sure. I think Lando could have, could have held him off. But again, we'll never know because it rained and, you know, we know what happened. Ferrari, uh, it's a podium finish for Carlos Sainz, a P3. He led the race early, but he suffered some tire issues. Now, afterwards, I thought Sainz made a really good point. Ferrari does need to figure out how do they can sustain leads that they get in races because he said, look, we get these leads and then we're vulnerable. We got to stop being vulnerable. Um, Leclerc, he started in the back with a new power unit change. He didn't pit for the intermediates until very late. He ended up 15. Before that, though, he was really cooking. He was really flying through the field. 
and moving up. But again, they didn't come in for the intermediates until late, and he ends up with a P15. AlphaTauri, this is another rough weekend for them. Both drivers ended early at Monza, and now you got a P13 in Sochi. You got a P17 for Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, both of them made wrong calls at tires at the end. You'll hear that a lot, by the way. A lot of these guys, we can blame Norris for not coming in for intermediates. There's a lot of drivers who didn't come in either. So Alpine, uh, Fernando Alonso had a very good day. He finished six, held off for Stappen in the race at one point. Uh, Esteban Ocon did not have a good weekend, unfortunately. He ran 14th at the end. He had an early pit stop and it didn't get into the inters in time to make a good showing. He fell further down. Now, Alonso, he thought he could have finished on the podium. He's, he was doing so well, uh, but they left him too long out on those slick tires. Aston Martin, uh, this is a really rough day for them. They got no points. Sebastian Vettel finished 12th. Lance Stroll finished 11th. Both got caught with the weather, nearly collided late in the race. Stroll then spun off the track. Uh, Stroll did get a great start, had that car up to fourth early in the race. He made a very good undercut of George Russell. He did struggle with the tires later on, but again, just too late with the slick change and they got stuck out there. Raul Alfa Romeo. Hey, Kimi Raikkonen, a P8. Congratulations. The best finish of the season. And it comes after he missed uh, two races because of COVID. Um, he put him, he pitted at the right time, put those intermediate tires on, was part of that group that came in early. Now, as for Antonio Giovinazzi, he didn't have radio communication with his team. That's got to be, like, completely difficult. He finished 16th. Williams. It's another point stay for George Russell. I'm telling you, it's it's pouring points for George Russell. <laughs> He's like again, it's like a it's like a barrier you crack, and then when you crack, it's like it just comes pouring in on you. He started third, but he had an early pit stop. It dropped him back. He didn't have the car to hang with the leaders anyway. He hung out there. He did make it difficult early on in the race. He was running that P3 spot. He was making it difficult, but eventually he was going to get overtaken, and he did. Um, he came in early for the intermediates, and that's how he got a P10. Uh, his teammate, Nicholas Latifi, he didn't finish. He got caught up in the slicks. He ended up crashing. <laughs> Just, again, another driver that didn't come in. And as for Haas, Mick Schumacher at DNF, he had hydraulic issues, and Nikita Mazepin finished 18th at his home Grand Prix. All right, I said this in the preview. I'm not a huge fan of the Russian Grand Prix at Sochi, but I got to give credit where credit is due. This race was outstandingly fun. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a, there was a lot of drama, a lot of storylines, a lot of things to watch for, a lot of different angles. And of course, I think this drama of the rain and Lando Norris and everything that came after that, I may not like the result. I want Norris to be an F1 Grand Prix champion. I, I like Lando Norris a lot. I was heartbroken for him. And I don't know how else to say it. I think a lot of people around the world were heartbroken for him. I do think it's easy to say the Grand Prix wins are coming, but you never know. I mean, you never know in this sport. I mean, maybe the Grand Prix come in bunches. Maybe they come sporadically in his career. All I know is Sunday, he had a very good chance to win that race. The rain gods came and sort of spoiled it. He made the wrong decision. The team will learn from it and they will move on. But the race itself was a memorable race and that's usually not what we get at the Russian Grand Prix. I, I remember a few things, but it's not one that I I've, I look back fondly on over the past couple of years. But this one was, it could influence the championship. If Max goes on to win and squeaks by Lewis Hamilton, point to Russia. If Lewis wins, point to Russia. 
you'll, you'll be able to sort of point it back to this race and say, maybe it started here or Max limited the damage just enough and was able to pull away. That was a big turning point. There's a lot of different ways we may remember the Russian Grand Prix outside of one opportunity for one young, very, very popular driver to get his first Grand Prix win that just didn't quite happen for him. And we'll also remember it, of course, for the 100th victory for Lewis Hamilton in this sport. I mean, that is not to be underlooked at all. That is an amazing, amazing achievement. You know, maybe it's overshadowed a touch by the fact of the drama of the race, but that is not something that Formula One uh, fans should just sort of bl blow off. I know Hamilton's got his detractors and I know he's got his fans, but an accomplishment is an accomplishment in and of itself. We do, you know, in other sports, we may not like the individual. Or we may think the individual is, you know, on a too good of a team and the success is coming in a, in a way that doesn't come for other people. Sure. But in the end, the accomplishment is the accomplishment. Look, in the NFL, there are detractors for Tom Brady. He's had tremendous success in his career with the Patriots. Six Super Bowls, nine appearances. But people point to, oh, Belichick's defense or Belichick is the head coach and the organization always has the right guys in the right place. Of course. But in the end, he's the quarterback. Like, Lewis Hamilton is the driver. And Brady did not just go on for the ride. And Lewis Hamilton just didn't go on for the ride for 100 wins. So in the end, I think that this is an accomplishment that absolutely should be celebrated. Even if you don't like Lewis Hamilton and are not a fan, I think there is a level of respect that we have to give him. But again, back to my original point, Sochi, well done. I know it's the penultimate uh, race because they're going to St. Petersburg in uh, 2023. Good job. That racetrack really produced one of the more memorable events on the calendar. All right. Week off and then Turkey. I love Istanbul Park and we'll have a preview coming up. Uh, maybe we'll do a fast lap podcast at the end of the week. Just get you caught up in news and notes that's going on in the sport. We'll see about that one. Thank you again. Subscribe to the channel. If you like what we're doing, please, please, please leave us a five star review. Also, we have a Facebook page at the Overtake F1 podcast. You can find us there on Facebook. Like that page. You can participate in the uh, conversations that we have about the Grand Prix, controversies, news, things like that. We'd love to hear your feedback as well. All right, I'm Tony Desiri. This is the F1 Overtake Podcast. Again, enjoy the weekend off, and we'll be back the following week for a preview of the Turkish Grand Prix, again from Istanbul Park. Thanks for joining us. This is the Overtake F1 Podcast. <laughs>